been this. This has not been, this has not been a positive development for the people that are involved in this. But I just think, and we have learned over time, that it is important for all of this to be out there before us within full context compared to other information before we be, begin to make political judgments. Marco Rubio, I saw him on one of the shows yesterday, Senator from Florida, who, you know, Trump treated very poorly <laughs> during the campaign, um, said of the investigation, he said, look, nobody's above the law, but nobody's below the law either. And these are just accusations. And uh, Trump team gets a chance to refute them or present their side of the story. Nobody's below the law, which I thought was an interesting way to look at it. It was a big week. Bob Mueller's busy week. An article by Andrew Egger in the Weekly Standard. Andrew joins us now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing, Andrew? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How are you today? Uh, awesome. 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 Trying to uh, fight through all this information and figure out what's going on or if there's anything to glean as to what's going on. I've seen a whole bunch of TV lawyers talking, and you can get completely different views depending on which TV lawyer you listen to. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very sympathetic to that that line of argument, and I, I in fact all this stuff with Mueller is moving so quickly that even even the article that you may or may not have in front of you is already pretty much completely obsolete. It's, just a, you know, not, it's not particularly old, but I, I don't even think I got into you know any of last Friday's filings. Uh, you know the, the the new sentencing memos for Michael Cohen, which are obviously just sort of stuffed with. Uh, with, with with new stuff to chew on, so uh, so but I'm ready for it. You know, I'll take this wherever you want to go. Well, st- let's start here. Do you think there's any indication that we're getting close to the end of this and the final report coming out, or do we have no real hint of that? Well, uh, that's a hard question to answer uh, in in one sense. In another sense, it's easy. Uh, I'll, so I'll start with that one. Um, as far as the Cohen stuff is concerned, it does seem that we, the, you know, the, the Stormy Daniels and the payments and the, you know, potential uh, fraud, fraudulent uh, reporting of those payments uh, with, with the Trump, uh, Trump organization to Cohen, all that stuff seems to be near its end. Robert Mueller has pretty much his cards on the table as, as to where that's going at this point, I, I believe. Uh, we should see a, a wrap up to that pretty shortly. Um, as far as the, the Russia-related stuff, um, you know, also, in 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 terms of the things that we've already heard, uh, whether it's you know the, the the Trump Tower stuff or these uh, the Moscow project, the, this this building development that Cohen that Cohen was um uh, was was the point man for for Trump throughout the 2016 campaign, uh, where they then lied about when that had uh, ended and things like that. Um, I think that particular line of the story is also close to being closed out. So the question is, you know, is there anything additional to that 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 Robert Mueller and his team are sitting on uh, that they have yet to reveal? Because obviously there's still a lot of redactions in all these documents and things like that. Uh, if if there is, you know, yet another sort of act to all this to come, uh, then then you know, barring uh, external political uh, cutting it short, you know, by by the new attorney general or whatever, we may yet see uh, some time. But if if the if the basic storylines uh, that are going to play out have already been set in motion, I think that we're nearing uh, the end of, of these particular storylines. If, if that's a if that's a fair way to parse it, if you yeah. get what I'm uh, getting at there. You know, if there were some giant, most of America agrees that's an uncool, traitorous move development. You know, I don't know. He has a personal deal with Putin to 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 work the election system to try to something huge okay then let's go down that road impeachment or whatever you want but barring something really huge i don't know as we get closer and closer every single day to another election why we don't just lay it all out there whenever it comes out this spring or summer or whenever and then let the people decide at the polls 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's something to that. I, I might I might push back a little because here's I, and you you know I mean I've been on your show a, a number of times and you know I've sort of been going back and forth on on uh, you know what 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 the best way forward is you know who's who's to blame for all this whether you know there's been you know obviously Trump has sort of the opposite narrative from from what uh, what Mueller and his team do they they say all the problems are on the Democratic side and so you know it's, this stuff's all been kind of hard to parse uh, but. You know, when when you talk about a big bad move, you know, like something that everybody would see as sort of like unequivocally problematic, just just reading these documents from Friday, you know, my, my own personal perspective is that if if we if we had just dropped into all of this uh, sort of from nothing, if 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 none of these stories had sort of like been leaking out bit by bit for months and months, uh, these sorts of things would feel like that, at least in, in in my opinion, to a lot of people, because I mean, w- w- what we've sort of had is this very weird situation where the story's been so incremental uh, and, and, and little things have gotten out, you know, we, we, we've gotten the story bit by bit by bit by bit. And at every point, you know, the, the people who are, you know, Trump's fans and Trump's defenders uh, have sort of it's, it's been almost like a, a sort of the, the frog in the boiling water sort of situation, sure. you know, where, where where as the heat gradually gets turned up on him, they sort of accommodate themselves more and more and more to his sort of excuses. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I get it to use to use an example uh, Trump saying of his former Secretary of State, he's dumb as a rock and lazy yeah, as I mean, hell. Um, you know, I laughed and everything like that, but it wasn't. Oh my God, can you believe that? Like it would have been if it had been George W. Bush or Barack Obama. Right, right. So, so let me just give you like a, a concrete example from these documents. Uh, what 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 prosecutors are alleging, and not not Mueller's team, by the way. This is the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York filed one of these uh, memos last Friday. So you know. It's a Trump appointee who runs that office, so that's I mean that's that's politically problematic for the president. And what what this U.S. Attorney's Office alleges happened, and they say they have you know evidence that this happened, uh, is for the Stormy Daniels stuff that that you know President Trump first or then candidate Trump first directed Michael Cohen to uh, pay off these hush money payments, which is problematic in itself. Then his company, the Trump organization, fraudulently uh, wrote that up as uh, a retainer agreement when when there was no retainer agreement between the Trump organization and Cohen. It was actually just reimbursement for those hush money payments, which would be fraudulent activity on the part of the Trump organization. Uh, And they alleged that all of this was done, you know, with the knowledge of the president, with the with the consent of the president on behalf of the president, you know, if, if, if that's a story that just breaks, uh, you know, even like a year ago, you know, you, you, you would think that that would be a thing that it would be hard for people uh, to, you know, to defend or to, to rationalize away or anything like that. But, but we, we've almost come to such a point where, where, where Trump and his allies have so succeeded in sort of uh, turning his, his all, all sort of perceptions even of, of the Mueller investigation into it's all tinged with partisanship. It's all a witch hunt that the president doesn't even have to try to sort of refute these, these claims from this nonpartisan U S attorney's office. That's run by one of his own appointees. All he has to do is get on Twitter and say, totally clears the president. Thank you. And, and I mean, it, it, it's a complete, I mean, the documents do not totally clear the president. The documents put the president in a lot of trouble, uh, you know, both from Mueller and from this other office. Uh, but it's just it's just so strange that he has that he has that sort of cover to just do that because uh, so many people now are so conditioned to really see any news that sort of implicates Trump in this way with this kind of skepticism. And maybe well, you don't agree with that. That's just sort of my the way I've been coming to see it over the last couple of days. Well, These sure. documents are not good for him. Your 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 opinion is welcome, but I just I separate them into two camps. There's the Russia stuff, which I'm always willing to listen to if something big happens oh my god that could be huge but uh, 
If if he if he wrote a check to tell women to to keep your mouth shut while I'm running for president, I just don't think that's that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe that's maybe that people buy that trade off. But I mean, you know, compared to what is the question, right? Because I mean, it's not, you know, obviously, you know, writing checks to to, to women, you know, to to pay them off, uh, to not let news of your infidelities get out. You know, that's that's not the same as you know being a bought and paid for agent of you know sure. uh, Vladimir Putin by any stretch. But I mean, compare. I mean, and I, I don't want to get like drastic, but compare that to something like Watergate, right? I mean, you compare that to a situation where the actual crime in Watergate was was sort of relatively petty. It was just sort of uh, this sort of spying operation on political opponents. And the problem was that the, that the president of the United States got all sort of caught up in covering for his, pol- for his political allies and, and circumventing the law to do that. And, you know, that, that became a gigantic scandal because of the, the cover-up and because of the obfuscation, because, you know, n- not, not because, you know, taping your political opponents is – sort of the, the, the right. beyond end all crime of politics, but just because you don't want the president operating in, you know, at war with the criminal justice system. And I mean, right. uh, and I'm not, and I'm not, a, I'm not a historian, I'm not a lawyer, uh, but, but I think that the, the case to be made is, you know, whether or not, you know, the payments themselves should have Trump, you know, kicked out of office. The fact that he has continued to cover for them, the fact that he, that he as recently as this summer, he was lying about them. The fact that, you know, his company, the Trump organization that he ran was, you know, structuring these payments to his personal attorney in, a, in an apparently fraudulent way. I mean, these are, th- these things bug me at the very least. And I, and I get that, you know, there, there's always, you know, well, I'd so, rather okay, have him over Hillary Clinton, you know, but, but, that, but that's the interesting thing. They bug you. So I think it's going to be a political question, which I think should be, solved at the polls you're either so bothered by this sort of guy who would do this or you're not um uh the legal part of it they're going to hash that out you do get to donate you can donate as much as you want to your own political campaign but then that would he would have to admit that it was for political reasons so then you're in trouble with the campaign finance or all kinds of different it goes a different direction if he can make the claim that the money was to keep them quiet for personal reasons not the campaign you still have the, I guess he'll still deny the affairs. He'll yeah, say that yeah. they were going to claim think, it. I just wanted to keep their stories quiet. Yeah, right. And I think I think you're absolutely right, by the way, that you know this is ultimately going to be a, a matter that's settled politically rather than legally. I mean, obviously, the, the Department of Justice, their own sort of longstanding policy has been that a president can't be tried, uh, can't be indicted while he's while he's serving his term. And, and from everything that we've seen, uh, it doesn't appear that either Mueller or the or the Southern District of Attorney uh, of New York Attorney's Office is going to try to uh, meddle with that that longstanding uh, sort of. Uh, why am I blanking on the word? The 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 way things have been. Um, but you know, clearly, I mean, politically, you you would hope that President Trump would, you know, owe his own sort of followers and and fans more for these allegations than just to say, you know, it totally clears me. Don't listen to anybody who says otherwise because they're all partisan hacks. Because I mean, it's just I I think maybe he over over overestimates his own sort of grip on reality and his own sort of grip on, uh, you know, the, the minds of the, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, talk down on, on fans of Trump, but this stuff, this is, I mean, it's, you, you got to read these documents. They're not good. They, I mean, and they're, and they're not from Mueller's team. Some of these they're, they're from, again, a Trump appointee. It's just sort of hard for, for me to get my mind around, uh, around any of this. So, Andrew anyway. Egger, the Weekly Standard, Bob Mueller's busy week, which he says himself is an outdated article at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I appreciate yeah. your time and your opinion on this today. Thanks a lot.
Yeah, thanks for having me on as always. As I've said, there uh, I've I've heard from a lot of people in the last seventy two hours, different opinions um, uh, across the board. I'm to the uh, I guess I'd be to the right of Andrew, or would I be to the left? Politi- I'm not sure. I'm more on Trump's side than Andrew is on this. I just I just don't think the uh, the woman thing is that big a deal. I do hope we settle it politically. I'm all for getting all the facts out there and deciding as a country is this what we want uh, in the White House. I just I, I hate to get bogged down in the whole process um, of impeachment and all that with, you know, a lot going on in the world. But we'll see. We will see. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. I'd be kind of interested in what some of you think. Um, see, I protected you from germs. I explained why it's not important for your kids to get straight A's. Dog name. Give oh. me the dog name. We don't have the top dog names of 2018. Um, what Trump said about his former Secretary of State and what the Secretary, former Secretary of State said about him is pretty interesting. Something to the effect of rubber and, and glue? Something along those lines. Deal or no deal is coming back as a TV show, but in the hashtag MeToo era, can you have the hotties and short skirts and high heels with the briefcases? That is an outstanding question. Nobody's sure of yet. Oh, and uh, are they going to outlaw spanking in America? And what do the polls say about that? All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Miami rolling around, circling, oh look out, Gronkowski didn't have the angle, touchdown, Canyon Drake, a miracle. That's the play you hope for. Last play of the game, no time on the clock when your team's behind. That never happens. It happened for the Miami Dolphins against Tom Brady's Patriots yesterday. Longest touchdown with no time on the clock since the merger in 1970. We've got the video linked at armstrongandgettyradio.com. It's pretty entertaining. I'd like to Don't we? Or do we not? We're going to get it? We don't have it? We're just pretending? I'll say all kinds of stuff. We have it. You just said armstrongandgettyradio.com. Oh, okay. Okay. That website doesn't exist. It's armstrongandgetty.com. We bought the rights to armstrongandgetty.com. Or did he give it to us? I don't even remember. We were afraid. Somebody was sitting on armstrongandgetty.com, and we thought, this is going to be tough. But luckily, he was a fan of the show, and he gave it to us. Yeah, here you go. (laughs) What are you going to do? Armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, it's quite the football play there. I don't like Rob Gronkowski, so I was happy to see him stumble and fall down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that makes me a bad person. My enjoyment on that whole thing was Gronkowski falling down. And I'm a Patriots fan and a Tom Brady fan. Yeah, but I would like to have heard the uh, New England radio broadcast. I oh, bet yeah. that was quite oh, different. Oh, yes. Boy, somebody see if they could dig that up. I would like to hear what that sounds like. That's pretty funny. Uh, before I get to the top ten dog names, wow. Is that the kind of show we are? In just a minute. Came across this over the weekend. I thought this was... One of those stats you would never guess. One of those attitudes you would think you were wrong about in the United States. They're getting ready to outlaw spanking in Scotland. 
be against the law as a parent to spank your kid. I've got all kinds of problems with the government outlawing spanking from a personal freedom standpoint, from a, well, all kinds of reasons. I'll get to the United States because who cares about Scotland? In the United States where spanking still is legal, what percentage of parents think it's okay to spank your kids? Taking it through the media and just like, I don't know, my, my guess would be fairly low percentage. 76% of men and two-thirds of women are okay with uh, spanking children. Three-quarters of men and two-thirds of women overwhelmingly okay with it. It's not even close, and they're outlawing it in Scotland. We don't at our household, and I don't believe I was ever spanked. Um, I'm personally not thinking that it's the best way to make your message get across, but uh, that's not for me to decide. Um. Most Americans think spanking is fine. It's not, says this doctor who wrote an article in the uh, New York Times. But that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, The only reason I brought this up is keep that in mind. If you do spank your children or think... uh, Actually, the question was agreed that a child sometimes should be spanked. So maybe you have one, two occasions in their life where you think it's necessary. Three quarters of men, two thirds of women, ages 18 to 65... Spread out over the ages, think it's okay. Thought that was interesting. Here's your talk, top dog names. Uh, the change over a year uh, the years has occurred this way. There are more human names on the top dog names list, they think, because we're treating our pets more like members of the family. Used to be there were dog names and people names, there was, but now they, they get together. Top 10 male dog names. I'll count them up 10 to 1. Oliver, Tucker, Bear, Bear, bear is a good dog. Bear. I, I've known somebody with a bear. Duke. Rocky. Duke is a solid show, sure, too. Absolutely. That'd be, that should be our pug's name. That'd be a funny name for a pug. Duke. <laughs> uh, Rocky. Jack. I had a dog named Rocky. Buddy. Cooper. Cooper at number three. I've never known a dog named Cooper. Charlie. And then number one, we've got, we acquired one of these recently, Max. I call him Super Max. <laughs> Most of the time. Beta Max. Maxwell Smart. <laughs> Depends. Women's names for dogs. Girl, girl dogs, I guess you call them. The bitches. Uh, ten through one. Stella, Maggie. I've known a few Maggies. Bailey, Molly. Molly S- seems like a very common lady dog name. Sadie, Lola. Never come across a dog named Lola. Daisy. Luna, Lucy, and number one for the girl dogs. The bitches. Bella. There you go. Is there anything to be gleaned from that? Anything good? Uh, just running some numbers. <laughs> Turns out they're all good dogs. They're all really good dogs. <laughs> Hello, good doggy. How do you know? The, I think most of the dogs we've gotten, they came with a name because we got them. I think they already had a name. Our Anatolian Shepherd. Right. As they're being praised today for guarding that house in paradise, came with a name when we got her, Bianca. Uh, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the markets are shaken by a number of things, including news coming out of Europe this morning. God, we don't need the markets shaken again. Yeah, fighting back against the ballooning number of robocalls and another twist to the outrage over Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right, here we go. So the number five girl dog name is Lola, so you played Lola by the Kinks. There you go. Tying it all together. Really appreciate that, especially on a Monday. That's a good move. Yep. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
just came across an amazing Pew study of attitudes about immigration. This is maybe the story of our times on planet Earth. This is the exact opposite in impact of our top 10 dog names of 2018. It's the other end of the spectrum of importance. Right. (laughs) So stay tuned for that coming up. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. As we've been talking about, markets taking quite a hit today. The Dow down over 400 points for a while. The NASDAQ and the S&P 500, they're both lower as well. Now, I bring this up because they're thinking that what may be causing some of the jitters, two stories that have come out this morning. Word is... British Prime Minister Theresa May has postponed Parliament's vote on her European Union divorce deal to avoid a shattering defeat, a decision that throws her Brexit plans into chaos. And May has apparently told the lawmakers that the government is stepping up preparations for what they call a no-deal Brexit. And this, according to the uh, analysis I've heard, would be a worst-case scenario, possibly would happen in March. They well, you got see, you got the U.S. versus China, the two biggest yeah. economies in the world, going at it. You got the whole Brexit European Union yep. thing, and then you've got the fact that the market was probably due for a correction anyway. I don't right. know to what extent that plays a role or not. Yes, Sean, what's your one-word review of the market today? Uh, it's, it's it's down. It's, it's <laughs> down. down. Oh, oh no, it's up again over twenty-four thousand. But oh wait, no, it's down. I don't know. It's it's all round numbers. <laughs> Yeah. And we're talking about the maneuverings between the U.S. and China. Mysterious maneuverings indeed. There was a break-in at the Vancouver home of the tech executive from China who's being detained at the request of the U.S. Police say they got a 911 call about the intrusion just before 5.30 yesterday morning. The suspects got away after they were challenged by somebody in the house. No idea why, why they were there or what they got away with, but there was a break-in there. And a defense lawyer for Meng Wanzhou, the chief financial uh, officer for Huawei and the daughter of its founder, said at a bail hearing that Meng and her husband had bought that home in Vancouver, uh, Canada, in 2009. Meanwhile, China's foreign ministry has summoned the U.S. and Canadian ambassadors to China for a meeting to protest the arrest last Saturday of Meng, warning of serious consequences if she is not freed immediately. So the back and forth go, continues to yeah. go on on this one. Like, the break into that house could be nothing, yep. or it could be huge. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was something there that needed to be kept away from prying eyes. Yep. Who knows? Yep. We've got General Motors workers. They are up in arms. They're pr- planning large protests of the automakers' restructuring plans to close down five plants and lay off as many as 15,000 workers. You've got legislators in both uh, Michigan and in Washington, D.C., working very hard, trying to pressure GM to rethink that decision. But they are not apparently going to take that sitting down. Of course, uh, Elon Musk said Tesla might buy those closed GM plants if they're for sale. Yep. More on uh, that tomorrow. We'll talk. The uh, the Elon Musk interview on 60 Minutes was pretty interesting. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. And it turns out that all those concerns people had about Rudolph were misdirected. British researchers assure us that Rudolph never would have been bullied for his red nose because reindeers are colorblind. All of the other reindeers colorblind. No, but they could see that it was glowing. That that had to scare the other reindeers. It was, based on the movie I've seen, it was larger and glowing, regardless of the color. Well, apparently the uh, researchers out of Britain are saying, now nah, the reindeers must have been picking on him for uh, some other personality trait. 
<laughs> so, so, so Rudolph deserved it. That's what they're saying? <laughs> a little victim I, blaming here. That's what I got from the report, report I saw. Hey, Rudolph, have you tried not being such a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> and rumor has it that Eddie Murphy is being courted to replace uh, Mr. Hart as host for the 2019 Academy Awards. Oh, why would he do that? There you go. Jeez, that's something. So, so Michael Che on Saturday Night yeah. Live had the joke of, who are you going to get that's a cleaner comedian than Kevin Hart? Because he does work real clean. Well, Betty Murphy's not the right choice. <laughs> no, like one of his more famous things is it's about like if if the Honeymooners and Mr. T engaged in homosexual love. Yeah. That and, bit hasn't aged too well. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, if the idea is Kevin Hart had antiquated views about homosexuality a few years back, go look at some of the old Eddie Murphy routines. Holy cow! <laughs> Anyway, Murphy is allegedly being uh, courted by the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. They have reached out to him in the hopes that he would agree to host after Hart stepped down. <laughs> Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> the only the only theory that I've heard on this, I think we should have Siri and or Alexa host it. I think that's what we should do. There we you should go. have we should have a an AI hosted award ceremony. That would be indeed different and enervating, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let's let's ring the bell. Thank you, Michael. If you want fewer immigrants in your country, you're clearly a bad person. Um, according to everyone in the mainstream media. The problem with that is looking at this Pew study of all the countries in the world. It would seem every... all the countries, Jack. Well, got a lot of countries here. Yeah, it's most of them. Yeah, um, you know, I got fifty of them or whatever I got here. Um, we're all bad people, I guess, because there ain't a country on this list that wants more immigration. Holy cow! So it turns out, if you've had that feeling about your town, your your county, your state, or your country, you're in keeping with pretty much everyone else on the planet. Get into some of these numbers coming up find this quite interesting. This really might be the story of our time, certainly for the United States and Europe. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, so Joe is uh, getting his hip replaced today, and he'll be out most of the week, although he joined us for a while today, and uh, maybe he'll check in tomorrow whenever he's feeling like it. He doesn't know how drugged up he'll be or how much pain he'll be in or whatever the rest of the week. Really hoping we get some dark side of the moon, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Joe. My mom got, has had a bunch of stuff re- replaced, and, 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 and it went really, really well for her, so I just I have a pretty optimistic mood about how these things are because... I don't know, somebody close to me did it, and one of, it, was, it was great. One of my standard responses to anybody going through uh, medical procedures is, regardless of what, there has never been a better time to have this procedure done True. than right now. True. And I believe that to continue to be true for a while. I almost hate to get into this story because it gets me all worked up. <sighs> have you tried your breathing exercises? I should do my breathing exercises. Yeah. Immigration. I have been saying this for years, and uh, not to honk my own horn, although I do honk my own horn fairly regularly, especially if I'm lonely. Um, 
or our own horn. I have been saying forever, look, any politician who wants to come out anti-illegal immigration, you are on solid ground. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, whoever you are. Be as loud and proud as you want, or I'm against illegal immigration. Don't be misled by the way the media portrays you as a racist or any of the people screaming you're a bad person or whatever. Almost everybody agrees with you. That's on illegal immigration. On illegal immigration, almost everybody agrees. Bad needs to stop. But if you take it in through the media and the screamers, you would think, no, only racists believe that. And it's not something, it's one of those, it's one of those beliefs you have to keep secret. Because it's so controversial. It's not controversial at all to be against illegal immigration. Turns out, according to this Pew study, it's not controversial to be against immigration. Period. Just immigration in general. So this is hot off the presses. A couple hours ago, Sean said he's starting to see it bubble up in social media. We'll be talking about it more tomorrow earlier. They asked 27 countries around the world. You get three choices for immigration. Should we allow more immigrants to move to our country, fewer or about the same as we do now. More, fewer, or keep it about the same as we do now. I'll give you the overall total of all the countries they came up with. Uh, Across all the countries surveyed, a median of 45% say fewer, 36% they want say they want the same, only 14% want more so you could add up the first two numbers and you come up with what do you got 81 percent say the same or less immigration only 14 percent want more people coming to the country which i think is really interesting And you break down country by country by country you look at some of these numbers maybe i should hit the united states first 29 percent of people say fewer or none uh, for immigration 44 percent want it to stay about the same, so that adds up to, what, 74. Then you got 24% that want more immigration. Only 24% want more people coming into this country than we allow now. And uh, and we're more charitable than a lot of the countries out there. Argentina, 61% want fewer or none in far, as far as immigration. Argentina must be because of racism. Yeah, the, the 24% wanting more, that's second highest on the on the list. Well, good point. Very good point. See, the United States, more open-minded toward uh, more immigration than uh, than any of the other countries on this list, except for one. Uh, but we're, we're the bad racists. We're a country of immigrants, don't you know? Argentina, 61% of the population says fewer or none. Greece, 82% says fewer or none. Hungary, 72. Italy, 71. Germany, 58%. Fewer or none. over Well over half. Then you add it to people who want it to stay about the same, and you're at 88%. The same or less. Only 10% want more immigration. It is not a... You're not a... Uh, um, well, you're not an outlier. If you say, nah, I think we got enough people. We don't need more people from somewhere else. You're, you're not out there on a limb into crazyville. Um, Trump, who's against immigration because he's afraid of, because and white people support him because they're afraid of the other. Well, if you buy that, it would seem that across around the world, a lot is afraid of the other. And in some cases, the other, as we're finding down in Tijuana, the other is people who look just like you. Right. You know, you're you're Hispanic and they're Hispanic from a different country and you still don't want them around. It's just as I've been saying forever. It's just freaking human nature. 
You just don't want a bunch of people from somewhere else bringing different habits and culture and sometimes languages coming to your town. You just don't. That's the way we're built. And oftentimes for good reason, because it it either uh, causes crime or it's sucking on your various social services or your schools don't function the same way. It's just a fact. Look around you. Live through the experience. Tucker Carlson's always talking about it's the the elites at the very top of all these countries that want way more immigration because it's not going to have any effect on them other than they make more money somehow by having cheaper labor. We'll get into some of these numbers in um, in more detail in the morning. I'll be interested to see how this is played in various circles throughout the day. That it turns out the world does not want more immigration hardly anywhere. Joe's always saying, um, trust your own instincts on a lot of this stuff. If you and all your friends believe something and the, the, the mainstream media or the fringe is telling you you're wrong, well, go, with, go with your instinct on this. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you seem to run into a lot of people that don't like, for instance, illegal immigration, don't feel bad about that. Realize, yeah, most of us are that way. In fact, practically all of us are that way. We're not outliers and we're not hateful and we're not crazy. Man, that story, to me, the open and shut case on the whole illegal immigration thing is what's going on in Tijuana. That should end the discussion. You should never be able to call somebody or worry about being called a racist ever again after what we've seen happen in Tijuana. But my guess would be is that it will continue. Anyway, we'll get into that more tomorrow. Uh, Also, more kind of just interesting nuggets from this study. The U.S. 44.5 million immigrants in 2017 has the largest foreign-born population in the world. Do we really? Yeah. Boy, that's something. Followed by Saudi Arabia, Germany, and Russia. So we have the largest foreign-born population of any country in the world. And if you're against that, you're a bad person. And our, How is that possibly true? How does that possibly square with reality? And our 44.5 million is more than the next three countries combined. Or at the very least, if you think, nah, we want to take a look at this. Maybe we ought to, you know... Put on the brakes here a little bit and talk this over, whether or not we've got too many people from other lands, we can't assimilate people this quickly. Nope, you're a bad person, you're a racist, you're a hater, you're afraid of the other, you're afraid of losing your privilege and your status in society. That's the only reason you could want that. We're trying something that nobody's ever tried before. Well, I'll talk more about it tomorrow. What an interesting survey. We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That's a little more solemn than I need. Here's your host, me, for final thoughts. Can we get a final thought from one Marshall Phillips? Well, I got to tell you, most of my time outside of work is now being consumed with Christmas. It is mm. coming up very, very quickly. Yeah, I'm getting there, too, where it's starting to uh, dominate my life. Yeah, it's like, what, 12 days, 13 days? Anyway, it's coming up way too fast. i got to find a go-kart that works. Michelangelo, can we have a final thought? Yeah, I want to give uh, Joe's doctor $20. To say to Joe when he first wakes up, oh no, I'm missing my watch, and then rub his hip and just kind of groan. <laughs> Hilarious! Yes. There is Positive Sean, who's going to give us his final thought. My final thought is this out-of-context Michael Che response during his bidet rant from Saturday Night Live this weekend. Shut up, Colin, you white guy. I, <laughs> I really enjoy those two together. They are funny. Yeah, they have become a pretty good team. Yeah, uh, They were very awkward in the beginning, but it's gotten really good. Uh, Michael Che's bit about bidets was really worth watching it's a little too mature to run on the radio perhaps <laughs> yeah. or maybe not your sort of humor but i thought right. it was really good and i was wishing joe would have been here because joe has a bidet you know yeah he, he he's uh talking the bidet lifestyle so. oh. 
Speaking of Joe not being here, I prefer it when he is here. I like it better, but, you know, getting a medical procedure that, as Sean pointed out, thank God you live in a time where that's even possible. Exactly. Man, back in the day, not that long ago, your hip, your knee, your ankle, your shoulder wears out. You're just in pain and can't do a lot of stuff for the rest of your life. Now you got a chance to get that completely taken care of, like my mom who walks, you know, a couple miles every single day on her brand new knees, two of them. Joe's going to be up doing the jitterbug by this weekend, I'm guessing. Man, if you haven't seen him in jitterbug. How does he do those flips? It's amazing. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Many people to thank and all that sort of stuff for making this whole thing possible. And we'll give it another run again tomorrow. See you then. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. We don't know if it's being caused by the screen time. We don't know yet if it's a bad thing. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.